0: Hi there, everybody, and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I am Aaron Schatz, editor-in-chief of footballoutsiders.com. Mike Tanier is off on vacation this week, so I am joined by Vince Verhey to run through the second stage of free agency. Last week, we talked about the first few days. And, you know, I mean, most of what's happened happened in those first few days. It slowed down. I think every year I say this, wow, it really slows down after the first three or four days, but every year it does. It really slows down, but there have been some big moves in the last week. And then we'll talk about the best remaining free agents who are out there and where we think that they should go. So, uh, Don't forget, of course, we want your comments. If you are watching us live, if you're listening after the fact, we're on live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can make live comments on Twitch and YouTube live, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, But let's talk about the biggest moves that have happened since we did the last live stream last Thursday. And I think that that starts off with two trades, starting with Brandon Cooks going to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: You know, I was putting together the uh, free agent or uh, the off season grades piece for the website last night, and the NFC was paper thin last year anyway. There were really three good teams: in Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. And Philadelphia has had a pretty big talent drain, which is kind of unavoidable, and. None of the other second-tier teams like Seattle or Detroit or the Giants, of Minnesota made huge advancements. So Dallas, with this pickup, it looks like they're like neck and neck with San Francisco for the for the top seed in the NFC here. This is it's, it's kind of a small deal in a vacuum, but in the, in the in the circumstances, this is a pretty pretty big trade, and it's it's a great pickup for Dallas. It makes them you know uh, that much closer to getting back to the Super Bowl where they have not been in a long time.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised by how mediocre Brandon Cooks is in some of the advanced stats, even the ones that try to separate you from your quarterback. Obviously, his DVOA and DYAR are not good in part because the quarterbacks throwing to him are not good. But in ESPN's wide receiver rankings, the ones that are based on player tracking data, he only came in 73rd last year, but Michael Gallup, the guy he's going to replace in the starting lineup and knock to the number three receiver, came yeah. in 80th. So even by that metric, this is an upgrade for Dallas. So, yeah, like, I mean, I, you know, I probably would have preferred Odell Beckham, but clearly they're seeing Look, the teams have all had a chance to sign Odell Beckham and nobody has. Right. So they're seeing something we're not seeing as far as like his injury. He did a workout. And, you know, whether it's wh- how much money he wants compare or what shape he's in, the teams are all waiting on him. So we'll get to him a little later, but um, but Cooks is a good addition.
1: Cooks is a, is a good addition. And I wonder how much of that tracking data, that, that kind of thing. He was clearly the number one receiver in Houston and he won't be in Dallas. And uh, that will probably help him, I would think, uh, get up a little better. So. I think it's important. right.
0: Certainly when it comes to opposing cornerbacks, if there's a team where the opposing number 1 cornerback covers the number 1 receiver, he will not be covering Brandon Cooks. He will oh. be covering CeeDee
1: Lamb. Right. And uh that helps that's going to help Brandon Cooks, that's going to help uh the Dallas Cowboys and and <laughs> Houston, you know, they're the, I'm still not entirely sure what they're doing, but in theory they're rebuilding and uh they be yeah. better off having a draft pick uh than having Brandon Cooks moping around the facility anyway. So th-
0: this seems like a win all around. This all they're also I I think when it comes to stats, there is reason to believe that Brandon Cooks was mentally checked out last year. Yeah. In a way that he will not be in 2023 for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: No, he he's wanted out for a long time and uh he he's a, it, it's best for everyone involved. If they found a way to get him out of that building.
0: Uh, Elijah Moore is the other interesting trade of the last few days. That one came down, what, yesterday? Um, Elijah Moore and a third-round pick going from the Jets to Cleveland for a second-round pick. And I think that that is a good trade for the Browns to add a guy who is a second-round talent um, for – the drop in draft pick ends up being sort of equivalent to like a fifth round pick or something. Mm -hmm. And Elijah Moore was actually 40th in those advanced ESPN receiver rankings last year. Like his DYAR and DVOA are not that good, but you look at his numbers. They're much better when someone other than Zach Wilson is throwing him the ball. Um, And so he provides like, it's an interesting because Cleveland does not have a receiver like that. They don't have a little slot guy. Like they needed a little slot guy and now they've got one.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I think the reason, the biggest reason this trade is that went for Cleveland is they were able to get that other pick back. Um, so they, they, their, their, number of picks hasn't changed. There's picking any worse position. And now they have a slot receiver they didn't have before. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people and a, a lot of jets film guys. I talked about how he's going to waste in that offense and going to waste with that quarterback. And uh, it's not like New York has not been stocking up on receivers lately. <laughs> they,
0: yeah um, i mean Corey davis might get cut at a certain point if they want to make alan lazard a starter and yeah. nicole hardman is now there
1: yeah so they, they've got you know this was probably in the works for a while um once once those bodies were added they felt safe doing it and uh cleveland's a good a good spot for him they had an obvious need and uh, and they made the 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 compensation work and like and, and like i say for cleveland it's it, it's it's for a song for for relative pennies they, they got this guy so uh it fits cleveland you know is in a weird spot because uh they're clearly like he's still the fourth best team in the division depending on what the heck is going on in baltimore right now um right. but they they made their investment in the quarterback and this and is- so
0: much depends on who that guy is and last year he was really bad for six games but you know based on his history we should not expect him to be that bad and yep. all indications, I think Matthew Barry wrote something about talking to people at the combine that Cleveland is going to throw more, throw more, throw more this year. That yep. their offense is going to develop and become more modern, and there's going to be a little less Nick Chubb and more throwing. And having a guy like Elijah Moore is a really good addition for that.
1: Yeah, and we we, we have seen Deshaun Watson play better football than he played last year, and. uh, I don't want to make excuses for that guy in particular, but uh, he'll have a full-off season ready to participate as a starting quarterback, and that should lead to a better performance on the field. Um, But that said, he's still uh, in there with a two-time defending division champions in Cincinnati. Former AFC champions almost got back to the Super Bowl again last year. Uh, Baltimore still looks strong
0: a a Baltimore team that is really good if Lamar Jackson goes back.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, a Pittsburgh team that is
1: is uh, not as good as those two, but, you know, it's, it's the Steelers. They never bought him out, really. So yeah, it's a t- tough, tough road to hoe. But, uh, again, Cle- Cleveland is, uh, has a better roster now than they did 48 hours ago, and, and for a very low price. So so good yeah. for them. And, and for the Jets, again, um, we know who we think their quarterback is going to be. It's really weird that he's... MVP guys are, are, are hanging uh, hanging over all of our heads.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson when we get to best available free agents, but there is a lot of waiting here for things to happen. And by the way, you can tell from both what the Ravens and the Packers are doing in free agency that they're stuck waiting too. Like, yeah. they haven't done anything.
1: Yeah, and uh, but uh, I don't really know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. I'm confident that in the end, somehow Aaron Rodgers will be in New York with the Jets. So I, I, the, the Jets can proceed as if he is there right now. And and uh, adding all of Aaron Rodgers' favorite receivers and uh, shipping up a guy that wasn't happy, even though the compensation wasn't great. They've kind of already replaced him. A um, fine deal for them. Good deal for Cleveland.
0: Hmm. I think that the most important free agent that's been signed since our last show is CJ Gardner-Johnson to the Lions. Um, he didn't make as much money. I don't have the contract details in front of me. He didn't get as much money as I think people expected him to get. It's only a one-year deal. But he should be, it's another piece. You know, they added Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel oh, Mosley and then CJ Gardner-Johnson on that. Just doing a lot of work on their secondary. Yeah. You know, it's interesting Gardner Johnson actually had poor coverage stats from sports info solutions last year. He allowed 8.8 yards per pass with a 41% success rate when he was in coverage, which is worse than what he did the year before in new Orleans. But I think we all generally believe that CJ Gardner Johnson is a useful player certainly. And he provides the lions with a lot of flexibility because he can do nickel and he can do safety.
1: Yeah, that's all important to you. And, and, Safety cover is are kind of weird sometimes. Um <laughs> if he's only thrown at when the uh when the opponents are throwing deep, that's gonna affect his cover Well CJ
0: play you know, he he does more he does slot corner coverage stuff and covers tight ends a lot.
1: Yeah. But like you say, the the Lions have made uh major investments in their uh in their secondary, and that makes sense because their 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 defense I, I believe was uh I know it was bad last year. I'm looking at exactly it was how bad they defense was. it was pretty bad. Yeah. And uh um they were still almost a playoff team. 23rd in pass defense, which is better than I thought. The uh, 23rd and pass defense DV away. But um, like I say, the 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 talent pool in the NFC as a whole is pretty shallow. Detroit's one of those teams, almost a playoff team last year. And of those teams that almost made the playoffs, they're the one that maybe improved the most. Um, so <laughs> this is a chance for Detroit to be more successful than the Lions have been in a long time. And uh they're they're moving forward. And it really feels like this uh, organization now has a, has a plan in place and uh, uh, they know what they're doing and um, things look bright for Detroit with, with green Bay going through the mess. They're going through um, Chicago has, you know, we'll get to, we'll get to Chicago, but um,
0: yeah. Future, I mean, Chicago no. is they've added a lot of talent and they still, they have the most effective cap room of yeah. any team
1: yeah. still. Yeah. But uh uh, we're we're waiting to see what happens with Justin Fields and how he develops, and I I believe he will develop. I don't know he will develop. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of kind of uh, the question mark uh, affecting that team, and and uh, you know they have a ton of draft picks coming in too. So they're going to get better. Uh, Minnesota wisely realized they were not as good last year as the record indicated. Did not try to think they were one player away and, and make a big splashy move. They've Step back and 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 cut salary and try to get younger and um, uh, all of this for Detroit opens an opportunity. Opens an opportunity. To they're the to favorites. Guys. They're the favorites in
0: that division at
1: this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And so, so this is all wise moves. Uh, they're 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 doing what it's supposed to do, which is uh, striking when the iron is hot. And and full credit to them for that.
0: Um, Dalton Schultz to Houston and Mike Gesicki to the Patriots.
1: I mean. Houston, they're going to have probably Bryce Young. I think most of us think that by now. And uh, the more targets they can get for him, the better. The more linemen they can get for him, the better. They just, you know, uh, what they've been doing for, for a while now is signing veterans to short-term deals. So they get some talent. The talent plays okay. The talent leaves. Needs to be replaced. <laughs> they just, they just yep. go, go this. It's a revolving door. They have it uh, basically the entire team. Um, so it's h- kind of hard to evaluate um the, their acquisitions in, in that aspect because you don't know how it, it, is Dalton Schultz gonna help uh Bryce Young developers are gonna be gone in 12 months. Um things kind of go that way. But they're gonna have a quarterback, the quarterback is gonna need some weapons. Dalton Schultz is uh one of the better weapons available, so it's a good signing, but you have to question basically everything Houston does until proven otherwise.
0: Yeah, uh, and Gasecki. Listen, people. There are people who feel he's very special scouting wise, but the performance has never really been there. He was twenty eighth out of twenty nine tight ends in those ESPN advanced rankings last year. Uh, like, yeah, he's got a great catch radius. Uh, he's basically just a big slot receiver. He very rarely plays a conventional inline tight end position. I feel like he's more of a replacement for Jacoby Myers than Jonu Smith. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I'm and less excited about, I mean, as a Patriots fan, I'm not like, oh, wow, Mike Gasecki party time. Like, it's not really yeah. that exciting to me. No, the Dolphins' offense got a lot better
1: um, when they stopped featuring him. And that's, you know, they also got a lot better when they added uh, a, a Tyreek Hill. And uh, yeah. while they had a healthy two attack of Iloa, a healthy two attack of Iloa um but, you know it's the biggest reason but it, it's also a sign that listen um he's not the kind of guy who's going to carry he's not going to carry your offense he's 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 not gronk uh to put a new england perspective um he, he's he's probably close to an average starting tight end more of a receiver than a blocker and, and that's fine and dandy but uh no i don't think he moves the needle much for the patriots
0: um being in seattle what are your feeling about the seahawks signing julian love and Devin bush
1: Devin Bush really fits in with kind of the Pete Carroll modus operandi. He loves to take guys who were highly drafted elsewhere but didn't work out for whatever reason, and uh, give them another chance. Geno Smith obviously is the the, the current uh, most prominent example of that. But Marshawn Lynch started in Buffalo, and look at some of the other guys they draft, or excuse me, the other guys they've acquired: uh, Devin Clowney from Houston, even going back to Mike Williams in his first year or two, uh, the wide receiver from Detroit sheldon richardson after after his time with the jets was done and it doesn't always work out obviously uh but sometimes it does and it's, it's kind of a classic p Carroll setting that way and, and i know you know if he if if he had been a success in pittsburgh Devin bush would not have been available on the market in the first place but carol before has taken guys who, who who uh either didn't work out in the first home or their time looked up and and, and gotten stuff out of them so um that's a good a, a good uh buy low signing. Um and then Julian Love is an interesting guy because he's another one who can play safety and nickel and go back and forth, which is what P. Carroll loves to do. Um, they for a few years there didn't really have a nickel back. They just took Ugo Amadi, who was a started as a safety, and he said, You're playing nickel now. And uh yeah. it worked more or less for a while. And um this is something you know, Julian Love can do both. my my gut says he's gonna end up being the primary nickel, but uh, the Seahawks have used a lot of free safety looks in the past with uh, uh, Quandre Diggs and uh, Jamal Adams and Ryan Neal. Um, and then, of course, Jamal Adams often being injured. Uh, that that has affected those plans. But I think in it, it, they, their top defense, if all goes according to plan, will be Quandre Diggs and the free safety. Uh, Jamal Adams in the box and Julian Love as the sort of safety slash nickel hybrid. I think that's their plan. So mm-hmm. it all makes sense. Um, they're having a, they're having a good off, great off season, actually. Um, they,
0: they got- yeah. We gave them, I think the highest, did we give them the highest grade we, in the free agency grades? The free know, agency grades article is on footballoutsiders.com today.
1: Yep. They, they were the only uh, team with an A overall grade. Uh, the, 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 the Geno Smith contract is ridiculously team friendly. His cap hit this year is like ten million dollars, less than eleven million dollars. It's Geno Smith has a lower cap hit to start for Seattle than Mitchell Trubisky has to back up in Pittsburgh. Um, It's it's barely any higher than Zach Wilson's cap hit to uh, probably be a backup for the Jets. So the first the first year of this thing is just ridiculously uh, uh, low cost, and you know it, it will escalate from there, especially if he plays well. But if he plays well. Great, that's a good problem, so they're they're having they're having uh a, a, a very good offseason. they were they were in the playoffs last year. I don't know if how much they've closed the gap between themselves and San Francisco because San Francisco is so good, but uh they're definitely better now than they were last year and they were a playoff team last year hmm.
0: uh the other I have one more big move since last Thursday, and that's Isaac Samalo signing with the Steelers. Now this one surprised me cuz I did not see guard as a real big need for the Steelers. Kevin Dotson came out very good last year in the Sports Info Solutions total points stat. He ended up as 40 total points. Sayumalu had 44. So that's an upgrade, but it's not really like Dotson was actually in the, you know, top part of the league for guards. So, um like it's interesting. I don't know how big an upgrade this really is, even though it is a little bit of an upgrade.
1: And they also added Nate Herbig from the Jets. So Steelers going big at guard. Um,
0: I don't know. Um, the Steeler the
1: Steelers are like like I say they they're, they never bottom out. They're never a horrible team. But uh, we're all kind of sitting around waiting to, to see if uh, if Kenny Pickett can can be worthy of a first round pick if he can play up to where he was drafted. And um, I guess they're just hoping that they can get him production protection, the, the best protection they can get him. Um, mm-hmm. Then that'll happen. Uh, it is a weird one, especially for a team that you know throws short so often. Um, you know, you, you don't need stellar pass protection if you're throwing in, in two and a half seconds every play. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. it, it, it it's weird, and there's other teams um Seattle loves loves this offensive lineman so much they were a team you thought might have been in there they went at, they went at center instead they went they focused on their defense and added uh uh the center from Detroit but um I don't know I, I guess I just don't have that much to say about it they, they they signed a guard it's a little weird it may not be much of an upgrade and um the Steelers are just kind of going to remain you know quasi relevant for uh, going into December because they always do
0: Uh, reminding everybody, if you are watching live right now, you know, we love to hear your comments and questions on YouTube and Twitch. Let's talk about the best available free agents remaining. Number one, Lamar Jackson. Like, it seems clear at this point that the Ravens won, that nobody is going to put in a bid for this guy. Now, I think that's crazy. I think the Falcons should be considering it. I think the Colts should be considering it. Maybe even the Lions should not be that. considering it. The Commanders. Nobody mm-hmm. is considering it. No, nobody.
1: I, I, and, and and um, <laughs> there's. I don't have. I'm not privy to the private conversations of NFL owners. I don't know if they're. Uh, uh, well, I'll just say I don't know if they're colluding to make sure no one gets a guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got last year. They're all that upset with the Browns for setting that precedent and gonna work together to, 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 to I mean, it. they don't
0: need to collude yeah. when they all think it. Like, if everybody thinks it, you don't need to work it out with each other. It's just that's what everybody thinks. So, I guess, um,
1: it's, it's it is really, really strange to me. Um, he's, he's a former MVP quarterback. He, he's, he changes your offense. He has gifts no other starter has right now. Um, it's
0: what the Falcons want to do so well. The Fal- yeah, the, the
1: Falcons are the perfect team right here and, and, and the we'll get to the Falcons if I guess this is a good time. What are the Falcons doing? <laughs> just sitting around. the NFC West is sitting there waiting to be taken. Uh, the, the, the bucks have fallen apart. The, the Panthers have been reset. The Saints just keep muddling about. The, the, this, a, a good team can win this thing right now. And uh, they're just Falcons are
0: yeah. third in effective cap room remaining.
1: Yeah, and and, and they, they they they've been they've been playing under the weight of the Julio uh, Julio Jones and uh, Matt Ryan contracts for so many years. They're finally free and clear. They can go out and shop, and, and the quarterback they have is not just on a rookie contract, but a third round rookie contract. And they they should have they should have money to spend. They do have money to spend. They just don't want to spend it. I <laughs> don't get it. Um. Yeah. They. Yeah, they. They'd be the most the number one team that uh, should be interested in Lamar Jackson. But there's, you know, dozens of teams that should at least uh, kick the tires on it. Um. And, and I, there's I no
0: indication it. anybody is.
1: Yeah. It's. It, it's quite bizarre. But you are right. And the, the Ravens have definitely won this game of hardball. Uh. They called Jackson's bluff, and uh. uh so far, things are going their way. And if someone was going to make a bid. So if someone's gonna make an offer, it would have happened by now, you have to think. Um, unless unless Aaron Rodgers just pulls the rug completely out of the jets and retires, and then they are desperate and then they're forced to sign a former MVP still in his mid-20s.
0: Oh no, oh god horror. forbid. Yeah. Um, I have as the number two best available free agent on my list, Odell Beckham Jr. And this is a weird one too, because there was, you know, when, when he originally got hurt in the Super
1: Bowl against Cincinnati. Most people figured he'd be back by the middle of the regular season, and that didn't happen. And uh, you know, we're six months on from that point, and he's still just sitting there. And um, right. he
0: obviously wants to play for a contender. So you can look at teams that need wide receivers, like the Titans, and I can't imagine him going there.
1: I was going to say that's that's not. There's a, a lot right. of
0: talk about the Bills. There's a lot of talk now about the Jets, that Aaron Rodgers wants Odell Beckham to come to the Jets with him. Sure. But then, you know, how many wide receivers do the Jets need? Why would you sign Alan Lazard and McCall Hardman if you're also going to sign Odell Beckham?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. He's, he, and, you know, it's 2023. The Odell Beckham of, uh, of your is probably gone, but he's still a good player. And, you know, in that Super Bowl, after he got hurt, that Rams offense went in the deep freeze until the last drive. Um, so he's he's still an effective player he'll he'll make 30 teams better um
0: here's my dark horse the chiefs yeah they lost smith schuster yep they lost hardman he would instantly be playing for a super bowl contender he'd be a nice upgrade for them at the wide receiver position like that's my dark horse candidate like uh Go go win a, win a ring with Patrick Mahomes.
1: That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Uh, in Denver, Jerry Judy was not traded, but there was there was word that he was uh, on the block for a while. If they're not happy with their receivers, that would make sense too. Um, like it would make sense for thirty some for, for, for about thirty teams to, to, to go get him. He, he's he's still a good player. Uh, yeah. he's not he's not the the dominant wide receiver one he used to be. But uh, you know you, when in a league where you need three good wide receivers in the field most of the time, he's one of those guys. So you plug, plug in your team. He'd be a good fit, but Kansas city makes great sense. They're obviously a contender for as long as uh, Patrick Mahomes is throwing passes and, and, and they have lost uh, a lot of wide receiver talent. They have an obvious need. Um, and if, you know, if it, I have to think, I have to think if he just wanted the most money he could get, he would decides somewhere by now. Uh, he's being very picky and choosy based on, who's a contender, and the Chiefs are a perennial contender. So that
0: that makes a lot of sense. Bobby Wagner. I wrote yesterday on Twitter, I don't know where he fits in at this point. And people responded, I got a lot of responses that said Bills or Seahawks. Well, with the Seahawks, why would you go out and sign Devin Bush if you were also going to sign Bobby Wagner? Like Wagner is better than Bush, but then all the money you gave Bush is wasted
1: yeah uh it's um in the past they played a lot of base with three linebackers in the field but that was when they were in a
0: four three base they're a three four team now they don't need three inside linebackers
1: theoretically they're a three four team now you had to get into some weird hybrid hybrid fronts if you, if you had all three of them um i think i, th- I think a lot of it is kind of just wishful thinking and uh the reunion storytelling yeah um He's, he's...
0: and the bills the thing is that I think of Wagner as being more of Matt Milano than being Tremaine Edmonds so there's this feeling of they need to replace Tremaine Edmonds but is Wagner the right player to replace Tremaine Edmonds he's more of a pass you know yeah That's more like Milano he's a middle linebacker not a weak side linebacker
1: yes yeah um yeah that's a good point too and and, and, and he may have just kind of I don't want to say well actually I I can say that he played himself out of the market because he was released he was not a free agent so he had yeah, a he start. could
0: have signed before free agency started anywhere no compensation no no comp- compensation draft pick uh
1: yeah he, he had a head start and, and, and could have found a home right away and uh maybe overweighted and uh may have to uh So I have teams
0: that could use middle linebacker help the Giants yeah, the Vikings and the falcons
1: and of those you know the giants and the vikings were in the, the giants falcons, are too. i guess
0: i in my mind i mean the thing is bobby wagner's not looking at dvoa when he looks at those teams he thinks of the giants and the vikings as playoff teams where he could make the playoffs again next year right we know differently and but if my, you're I, mean, I would prefer that way. the giants i guess
1: if you look at it that way, there's that two schools of thought that the giants have not lost nearly as much talent as the Vikings have. And the two teams met in the playoffs last year and the giants won. Um, so in, in, in that light, uh, the giants look more ready to return and, uh, uh, that would be a better way back to the playoffs. But the other thing is that the giants are in the same division as the Cowboys and Eagles. And, uh, even though the Eagles have lost a lot of talent, I don't think the giants, I don't think they've fallen back to the giants level yet. Um, and the the Vikings, as noted the NFC North is a a, a bit more of a cluster, so uh they, the the path is clearer for the, for the Vikings to get back in that way. So I don't know what's going to happen at this point. i mean I mean I'm looking down at some of these names and uh there's there, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of uh uh unclear destinations. there's no obvious obvious uh obvious spots for them and, and and Wagner's kind of lost the shuffle right now.
0: Yeah, the next guys I have are uh, I put them together because they both play the same position. Marcus Peters and Rock Yassine. So it's like which teams need cornerbacks at this point?
1: And that's almost all of them because you can never have too many corners. Um, yeah, that's true. So so you know, um I know Marcus Peters has, you know, bounced around quite a bit, um, and has not always been the easiest guy to work with. Rock Yassin, as far as I know, is just consummate pro. Uh, just just, just uh all has also, you know, bounced from the Colts, the Raiders, and that, and that. Um, I, I, I'm going
0: over like the playoff teams, and uh, I wrote down the Colts, who right yeah. now have Dallas Flowers penciled in as a starting corner. Oh, that's not very good. That's, uh, uh, that's the Vikings, but they don't have money. They don't have any money. Um, uh, the the Bears, Bears to replace Kendall Vildor. They have, they have the money. They do and have they, money.
1: They, they have the money and an obvious need. Um, the Chiefs have those young defenders coming on
0: strong late last year. Um, yeah, I think that these guys are going to be stuck going to non-contenders. Yeah. I think the contenders are most – unless they want to be depth pieces. If they want to be starters, they have to go to non-contenders like the Colts or the Bears. Yeah.
1: I mean, the Cardinals need quarterbacks. So do you want to play for Arizona this year? Yeah. Not in a perfect world, though.
0: No. Right. Uh, Next in my best available free agents, the edge rushers, Yannick Ngakwe and Jadavian Clowney. And then I didn't write them down, but also still available are Leonard Floyd and Frank Clark. Yeah. I still think the 49ers and Chiefs could use another veteran edge rusher. I love the idea of Yannick Ngakwe to the 49ers or Chiefs.
1: There's nothing wrong. You can't have too many quarterbacks. You can't have too many edge rushers either. But are the Atlanta Falcons awake? Do they know the edge rushers exist? Do they <laughs> want to sack opposing quarterbacks? Uh, they, they they have been last in dead last in adjusted sack rate each of the last two years, and in the 20s for like half, the better part of a decade now. And they haven't added a single edge rusher this offseason. not one. And they had a lot of money to spend. They're, 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 they're they still just, do. They still do. They still do. And uh, there's all these guys out there to go get one of them. Just try. Just try to sack the
0: quarterback. Todd Singer sarcastically asks, do the Colts have enough money after shoring up their biggest weakness by signing Matt Gay? Well, I don't know about biggest weakness. Did I just mention that Dallas Flowers is penciled in as a starting (laughs) cornerback? Left tackle, too. Um, Right guard is a problem for them. They have a lot of problems. The Colts are 11th right now in effective cap space, according to Over the Cap. So they do have money to sign more players if they want.
1: Yeah. Um, Atlanta is the team that I, I my most.
0: Atlanta's the play. team that's bugging you.
1: It is. It, it, it's the most obvious weakness that has not been addressed, that should have been addressed this entire offseason. Yeah. And there's other teams that have weaknesses, but they don't have the capital. They, they don't have the
0: Bears the- also, by the way, the Bears also need edge rushers.
1: I'm sure they do. Bears need everything. Um, but the, 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 the Falcons have the, the, the most obvious weakness and uh, in a division that is garbage, <laughs> an easy chance to try and win. And they're, they're just twiddling their thumbs and watching grass grow and just hanging out. And, uh, and these guys are still available. So there's still time between now and training camp to get one or two of them under contract. But again, just, just try.
0: All they ask is to try. Uh, DJ Chark. See, where I think Odell Beckham needs to go to a contender and wants to go to a contender, I think DJ Chark is on the level of uh, guess what? I'm going to any team that desperately needs a receiver. Exactly. I don't think he can choose. He can sit and pick and choose. So I wrote down the Vikings need an outside receiver now that they cut Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. The Titans need an outside receiver. And the Packers could use more depth at receiver. The Packers have lost a lot. The Giants have a lot of receivers, but they're all slot receivers. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, not Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is an outside guy, but Yeah, the but, Giants would be useful. Yeah. And
1: and um, you know, he's he's 27, he's gonna be twenty gonna be twenty-seven this year. Um, and he's had one big year for Jacksonville four years ago. Uh uh, but the the, the Jaguars didn't. Want to keep him around the Lions? You don't want to keep him around. He was good.
0: He was good in Detroit last year. He's five hundred. He's just yards. replaced by Jamison Williams
1: now. In eleven games, so yeah, his uh, per game production is still pretty good. Um, but yeah, the, the, he, he he's you know I kind of feel about him the way I feel about Mike Kosecki in in New England. Like he's a fine player, I and mean, if you add him, that, that's fine. But does he move the needle significantly for a lot of teams? I don't really think so.
0: No, we're down when we talk about best available free agents. We're down to small amounts of needle movement.
1: Yeah, and uh, and, and the only makes sense for teams that have glaring weaknesses at that spot. And uh, and we you know we mentioned Kansas City; they're a team that lost a lot of receiver talent. They, they, they maybe I, I'd rather have Udo Beckham than DJ Chark, but it would make sense for DJ Chark to end up in Kansas City.
0: Dalton Risner, the guard from Denver, should go to the Colts. That's my opinion. They have Will Freeze listed as their starting right guard. He should go to the Colts. That's what he should do. The Buccaneers could use guards, also, but like yeah. the Vikings, the Buccaneers have new no money. None.
1: Yeah. Um, though that all that, that, that. Those two make sense to me. I mean, we're, we're like you say, we're the the. This is the C tier. Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham and Bobby Wagner are the B tier free agents, and uh, in fact, even the guys like Yannick Ngakoue and Devin Clowney are the C tier. This is the D tier. Um, this, this is man, we need some warm bodies. <laughs>
0: And yeah, I guess. That. The same goes with the guy I have last on our list, which is Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp's actually been effective for LA. He's, he's been hurt a lot. Um, it's maybe. interesting because I don't know if he's more of a free or strong safety. The Rams had him starting as a strong – listed him as strong safety last yeah. year. But a lot of the talk – there's been a lot of talk about him here in New England okay. as a Devin McCourty replacement, which would sure. be a free safety, not a strong safety.
1: Yeah. I think he's played a lot of both for LA. Um, he, he has been hurt some. He missed the Super Bowl run, uh. But he, he he's he's rangy. He he can cover a lot of ground. Uh, and he, he's a big hitter type. Um. So yeah, I I can see him. I can see him playing the free safety and interfacing, and recording, and he'd be versatile, which uh Bill Belichick loves. So yeah. Um, I, that actually makes that's a really really good fit. And uh, you know, he he's a guy who, like I say, if he'd been healthier, I think he'd be higher on this list. Um,
0: but um i also wrote down the ravens if they want to run three safety sets like they did last year he can replace chuck clark right with kyle hamilton and marcus williams as the starters
1: that's a good fit too i'm I'm actually surprised that he's he's still available um because i know the rams would have loved to re-sign him but they're in
0: they (laughs) don't have money i wrote down the buccaneers they need a strong safety yeah. They have money, but they have, they have the least amount of cap room in the league.
1: Yeah, so we're at the point where a team is going to have to get creative, and maybe these guys just sit around and wait to see who gets cut. And this may drag on in a training camp uh, before some of these guys find a home. But, um, you know, all of these last half dozen or so names here, uh, Taylor Raskin is like the guy who would maybe make the biggest difference uh, for, for a team like New England. Uh, I, I know Cincinnati found one safety to replace Bell and Bates. Um but uh you can get another one <laughs> okay. yeah. um so that that would that would make sense there, there, There's a lot of teams
0: that can use a good player like to get rap yeah, and then I have a list here just for people who want to know who still has room left to sign players. These are the teams with the most effective cap room according to over the cap the bears, the packers who are just sitting around waiting for to figure out what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers and haven't signed anybody. Mm-hmm. the Falcons, the Cardinals, and the Texans. Then the Panthers, the Bengals. Yeah. That's the team people would want to play for. The Lions, the Cowboys. This one shocked me. Number 10, the Saints. How things change. How do they even have? I mean, they have all the restructures and whatever that they've done. They're actually now tenth in effective cap room. If they want mm-hmm. to go out and sign people for their eight and nine squad,
1: and that's after giving Derek Carr a ton of money too. So yeah. the, the, that that their cap situation changed quickly. Now all it cost them was most of their defensive front. Yes. So <laughs> there's a
0: no. shy Tuttle, no David Anyamata, no Marcus Davenport coming back next year.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so we can expect them to, to slip on defense, uh, which is another reason I'm so frustrated by Atlanta not striking while the iron is hot. Just, just sitting by and this opportunity.
0: So the moral of this live stream podcast is, hey, Atlanta, sign some people. Do something. We're trying to kick Atlanta in the butt here. Basically, yes. Get them, to, get them to start signing people.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, those are the teams uh, that have uh, the most – Cash to spend, and when you look at what uh, the future holds those teams, uh, obviously the Bengals at this point look like they're going to be a playoff contender every year. The Cowboys, uh, same, same boat there. So if you want to get to the postseason, those are your two best bets. And as far as bright futures, we're, we're looking at the Bears to improve in the next – maybe not in 2023, but in 2024, 2025.
0: No, we're looking for them to improve in 2023. They just may not improve to playoff level. but
1: Fair. That's true. If, if that's they don't important. improve
0: in 2023, everybody's got to go.
1: That's and, a good point. Okay. They've added
0: so many play They've added so many players and yeah. w- and will with the draft. If Fields needs to take the step. If Fields doesn't take the step this year, guess what? Start over again.
1: Yeah, I I should have said improve. I should have said contend. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't think the Bears are going to contend this year. I don't think I don't think they're if they get a 500, that's a great season. Um, okay. but they're in the same boat like the, the you know, well the Panthers and Texans are going to have good young quarterbacks and if you're a right receiver, who wants to play with a good young quarterback, that's, there's, there's two destinations. I don't know what's appealing about the Cardinals right now, except money. Right. I don't know I why, why anyone would want, want to pick, play there unless no one else wanted you Uh there. That's a mess. And so that's going to take a while to sort that or you out. You have
0: a good relationship with the coach, like Kazir White went there. Yes. And he's got yes. a good relationship with Jonathan Gannon. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, All right, folks, I want to remind you all Football Outsiders has been a leader in football analytics for 20 years. If you are not an FO Plus subscriber, you should be one now to get access to all of our stuff. We are busy planning new stuff on the back end, new features for FO Plus. For example, post game win expectancy is now posted for all games going back to the year 2000. So you can look when teams were supposed to win. Or not. And the $4.99 a month that you spend on an annual membership for FO Plus is the cheapest that FO Plus is going to be this year. Don't forget, you get access to Mike Tanier's full deep dive on NFL draft prospects in the FO 100. You get the Kubiak fantasy projections for next year. You get the Almanac 2023 Almanac and access to all previous editions as well. So lock in the best price of the year for FO Plus. Now, by going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. All right, that does it for today's live stream and podcast. We're taking next week off. Next week, both I and Mike Tanier are going to be on vacation. So there will be no live stream next Thursday. And then we will be back on April... Was it? April 6th, I think, is the Thursday after that. April 6th is a Thursday, yes. Yes, with Ben Robinson on talking about draft, uh, mocking the draft. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about where guys are going to go in the draft and get you all ready for the draft at the end of April. So, Vince, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me on. I had a great time.
0: And uh, thank you all for listening and watching. And again, we will be back on Thursday in two weeks, 1 p.m. Eastern. Until then... Thank you for listening and watching and reading Football Outsiders and take care, everybody. thousands go sign people.